All right, here we are back again with another episode of Around the Mat. I'm your host, Conscious Keelan. So if you haven't seen this before, what's going to happen is we're going to play a little game. We've got a couple guests here today, and I'm going to ask them their opinions. I'm going to try and get some hot takes from the guys. We're going to talk about ADCC trials. We're going to talk about the UFC. We're going to talk about a lot of things grappling, and um, they're going to get points, plus or minus, depending on their take. The points sound like this. And if they get minus points, it sounds like this. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it. So introducing first, as always, our resident expert, 10th Planet Black Belt, Matt Scaff. What's up, guys? Back and ready to talk about an exciting week of combat sports. All right. Now, joining us for the first time on Around the Mat, we have a 10th Planet Brown Belt, IBJJF world champion, Johnny Buck. What up? That's the I man. Nothing about jujitsu, so don't worry. <laughs> All the points for me. All right. Also joining us for the first time on Around the Mat, we've got a professional grappler and owner of Impact Jiu-Jitsu, Michael Courier. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. And joining us, as always, another 10th Planet Black Belt, Brandon McCatherine. Greeting citizens. <laughs> you make me laugh every time because I almost started off this episode like you would start off, but I knew I would just lose it and it would. Have... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm just, I'm that weird. <laughs> I, I know that that's the best part about it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to roll on into it. Uh, we got to start off this thing with talking about ADCC trials. That's obviously the biggest thing that happened in grappling as of recently. So let's start out with um, – let's talk about the best submission in the whole tournament. What do we got, guys? What There were some great ones. In your opinion, what was the best? We will start with Scaff. Oh, man. Oh, okay. oh he, he put it to me, though. He gave it to me. I, I, it's going to me. It's going to me. I'm going to I, I, Brandon, you're up. All right, so uh, I, got, I got the best submission, and then I got the most high-profile made-the-crowd-pop submission. It's two different, two different spots. The best Instagram clip was either – it was a darce no matter what, but it was either Dave Porter's darce that he hit in round one or it could have been Cade's darce. It was the same move. They got it from standing and dragged him to the ground with the marsh. But the sub that made the crowd pop the most was 100% Keith Krikorian versus Gianni Grippo. That's the one that made the crowd pop. It happened at the end of the match. It was – uh, a huge like impact. It was a match of great importance. It wasn't one of the opening rounds guys, you know. So that was between two of the two of the favorites to win the bracket. And he put him put him down with that rear naked choke. Even though I hate to admit that the rear naked choke works, but there it is. <laughs> Scaff, you know um, the Keith Krikorian win over Johnny Grippo was the most significant um, when it came to, you know, being in the semifinals, you've got Johnny Grippo who's been on a tear this year and no gi and Keith coming in um, just was on fire all day. But there's another match that, that I really, um, I was incredibly impressed by. I'm going to take it to the women. And we had uh, Fatima Klein, man. Fatima Klein is, is one of the baddest chicks in the world right now. And she keeps making runs in big tournaments. She won the first 
Medusa event, and she had a win over Bree Robinson. They had an crazy leg lock exchange. Yeah. And we saw Fatima Klein finish with that knee bar. I think ADCC needs to add um, eight more people to this women's division. We had 50-plus in both both divisions, and women's grappling's on the rise, and, and that match was everything that I think we want to see in, in a high-level grappling match. So I'm going to give it to Fatima Klein. Um, I just loved it. Loved her performance all weekend. Buck, do you got anything? Did you dude, even I, watch the trials? Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, dude, kind of spinning off the, the scaff said about the women's divisions, we need to have more divisions now. Like, yeah. 135. Yes. <clears throat> I, I work with some of the girls, one of the girls, she's 115. I'm like, you know, like as, as savage as Nakaya is, she's on a really rough time against a girl who outweighs her by 20, you know, 25 pounds. Um, so, yeah, but as far as the submission, uh, Rotulo flying through the air to a Dars, or that was, I just thought that was cool. I'm like, all right, yeah, this shit. I can bury your Dars on the ground, but it's just flying to the damn <laughs> Uh, I think that's you know, super impressive. So, yeah, that was my go to, Michael. Yeah, you know, it's hard to say anything but that Cade flying Dars. Um, I think it was amazing, but. Touching base on Gianni Grippo, I think he had a great, a great event. And uh, but my submission for him was against Anthony Burchek. Um, watching him take oh, the face plant, man. I mean, come on. You had uh, I, I love when people really take the ADCC rules to the limit, and I think that was kind of that borderline. Is this allowed? Is this bad? But Gianni kind of just rubbed it off like it was no big deal and uh, finished the strangle anyway. So that was pretty fun. Hmm. Do you guys think that – do you like that rule in ADCC where you're allowed to slam out of subs? I love slams in general. I think uh, I'd love to see them more often. Well, see, they were saying that that, though, was a spike. Like, yeah. Spikes aren't allowed in ADCC. Slams right. are. And so uh, Anthony probably should have been disqualified right there. I don't know, man. Here, couldn't Gianni just have tucked his head? Like if I do something to you that's going to result in you being slammed and, and being injured, like, wait a minute, you're the offensive player. You have such a great position. Maybe the backs is not as good a position as we say. If I can slam your face into the asphalt and the only reason I don't do that is so that you can keep winning the game, maybe the back's not as good as we think it is. I think, you know, I really liked uh, – oh, please, go ahead. I think one of the things that – um, you'll see uh, uh, serious grappling. Uh, they have a couple of points. I did one of the shows. Like you, they have to respect the slam. They don't let you pound on each other. But like if you try an arm arm and I pick you up, they stop it immediately. We start back on a neutral. Um, I, I think that's what, that's what uh, EBI and CJJ yeah. do. Yeah, it's, so you know, so that's a, a, a I think it's a necessary thing. But I think it's the slam is really weird because uh, dude got suplex. Uh, was it Cody Steele suplex him three times? No big yes. deal. But they almost uh, de- they they were going to DQ John Salter over him falling for yeah. it with Jacob Couch. Luckily, they're like, no, keep going, you know, yada yada, and they were cool with it. But I, I think the slamming rule, I think it's it's something you have to really you know start looking at. You know, if you can get if you can d- get double legged on your head at seven years old in Pennsylvania wrestling, <laughs> there's no reason two grown adults shouldn't be able to do it. All you have to for do sure. is to stop. Realistically. More points, Keelan. More points. 
All right. We took- Hold on, wait. I think Scaff disagrees. I, I can see it on his face. I want to yeah, no, no. his take on this. No, no, no. I, a spike is different than a slam. And if you're going to allow spiking, then yes, we should just have, if you stand up in a rear naked choke or you stand up in the back position, then we're just going to reset. But I, it was reckless. I thought what Anthony did was, was, was very reckless and – um, I didn't like it. I, I thought it was a really dirty move, and I'm not somebody that calls dirty moves, right? Like I'm not. I, I just thought it was was a uh, gross way to try and escape a submission. Um, now again, slamming somebody backwards, going to take the air out of them, maybe break a rib. But we're talking about paralyzation. I mean, if Johnny lands up yeah, the right but, way, we're talking about broken neck paralyzation. Yeah, but think about this, right? The way, and, and the way I heard it compared was. Um, Gianni was slammed or spiked to the front of his head where a punch would normally land. If I jump backwards and slam the back of your head on the mat, that, that can cause a ton of damage too, you know? So um, even if I'm not spiking you down to the top of your head, if I jump back and you hit your, the back of your head on the mat, I mean, we've all seen what back of the head strikes do. Um, you know, in my mind, maybe I wouldn't have done it, but Johnny still has a chance to let go and, and defend himself, you know? Uh, he went forward. It's, it's a different take on it, but I don't think it's any more damaging than going backwards to the back of the head. Well, and I think, though, Michael, the concern with slamming is not about is it damage, like a punch damage. It's cervical damage. It's spine of course. damage. Sure. So, like, if he – you know how it is, dude. Like, even in the gym, if you're on somebody's back, like, I got the seat belt, and we're on the uh, – I'm on your turtle right here. You're on your knees and you roll forward while I'm kind of looking up and my head is out of position, that's going to hurt me too. Yeah, you know for sure. I mean? Like that's going to slam my face into the mat. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like if, if it's such a good position, if we're awarding so many points for it, why do we have to nerf it? Like, why do we have to nerf the defenses? Maybe I'm not, I'm not saying the back is not a good, obviously the back is a phenomenal position, Sure, but Trash. But why are we nerfing it? <laughs> you know, why are we having to nerf the defenses against it to make sure that the game can be played? Like, and I think for me, it goes back to what, what you know. For me, it goes back to what Buck said, right? And like, I love EBI. I love, I love respecting the slam. If I'm able to elevate you above my waist, that's an escape. You know, and I, I think that's the best way to kind of have it work in everyone's favor, right? I mean, we have to be honest about the position on whether it is completely positive or if there are negative things to it. And I think that we can make it honest by respecting the slam. You well, can't get slammed while you're on top of Mount. I know that. But, <laughs> so uh, Brandon is in this kick of like always downplaying the back, right? But the back is the ultimate position, especially when we're talking about cervical damage. Well, now I'm just going to elbow you. In, you don't care about slamming me on my head. Well, now I'm just going to elbow you in the back of your neck. Yeah. All right. And let's see how that changes things. Right? I'm gonna take, how big this neck, you'll never get to the back of it. Right there. <laughs> boom. And then we're going to see how effective the back is when elbows to the back of the neck are allowed. I, I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. All right. I'm just going to execution everybody. How do you feel about that? Just grab them by their head. and yeah, learn to you got to learn to pass guard before you get anybody's back, player. Right, I'll pass you. <laughs> All right, we talked about the best subs. Um, what about best match? Just overall the match. Maybe there wasn't even a sub. Maybe it was just a, a back-and-forth awesome match to watch. Does anything stand out? What do we got? 
Oh, I've got this. Easy. All right. My favorite match by far was Placido versus Cody Steele. That match was insane. Placido, man, he came out and with his uh, like 12 kids or whatever, how many ever he's got. <laughs> I got nine children. And yeah, he's got nine children. His wife came. He's got some Texan, some some Texan in his corner. And he looked incredible. And that match with Cody Steele was the best match I saw all weekend. Um, dude, his grand being as Cody's like shot in, like his ability to like, scramble and some of those wrestling exchanges, it was just so cool to watch. Brandon? Yeah, I think Cody was in several exciting matches. Um, I've, I've heard, I don't want to say complaints, but like comments in the past about how Cody's not as much of a finisher. He wrestles too much. I've heard some of that stuff, but I think that's jujitsu dorks generally saying stuff like that. Cody was super exciting, dude. He was super exciting every match he was in, you know? So I, I feel like him, every match that Cade Rotolo has is can't miss TV. You know, I, I had a little, I had a little gripe with the scoring in the Cade versus PJ match. I felt like Cade got two points on a takedown that that wasn't didn't seem to be consistent with how the takedowns were being scored. And then PJ didn't get pass points, and that seemed to be inconsistent with how the passes was being scored. But even so, Cade's phenomenal. I got to pick um, that finish that Cade had where he hit the darts from the feet. I'm going to go with that. That was probably the most exciting thing that happened in the whole tournament. Michael? I just, you know, I really liked watching Cole. You know, I thought, um, you know, yeah. every time, every time I think that there's going to be a test that he's going to fail or, or maybe not do quite so well at, uh, he just proves me wrong. And so I thought that watching all these different takes on, you know, guys that were true submission only grapplers like a Keith, uh, and having him handle that problem, um, you know, very well. And then yeah. having, you know, having guys who are more points players, who I thought might be able to play to their strengths in that rule set. And it just seemed like no matter what he was present, you know, pre presented with, Cole just rose to the occasion and looked incredible. But the, the, yeah, Cody Steele suplexing people made me happy, obviously. <laughs> it's just like, that's really going to – I'm trying to like, pretend that didn't happen. Um, dude, I really liked uh, Rotula and Barch. Like, that – there was just yeah, – I like the wrestling aspect. That's the one thing I hate about jiu-jitsu in general. It's like watching old people in a nursing home make sweet, passionate love to each other. It's slow and painful. It <laughs> makes you wrestle. It makes you – you know, it creates action. Um, you know, again, I don't like all the rules. But, yeah, I think it's – you know, what's exciting about it is you have to start on your feet and you have to at least attempt it. Um, you know, you have a few, although uh, Pat Downey getting straight ankles off of a takedown was pretty slick. So I like watching him wrestle boringly his entire way to the finals. But yeah, I think, but yeah, I, I do think Barch and Rotola was probably my favorite match to watch. So they were just going. And hey, can we talk, let's talk about, I'm going to go backwards here, but I want to – the Cody Steele match where he had all the suplex. Suplex City. Yeah. We love that. Like, everybody loved that, right? You know how good back position is, BMAC? You know what I mean? <laughs> like he, everybody loved that. Let's highlight real. We're going to slam him on his head. We're going to slam him on the back of his head. But we're – but 
part of the community is calling for a slam from the back to be penalized. That, to me, how is it okay for me to repeatedly high velocity, like drive you through the mat on purpose on your neck? How is that legal if slamming is not legal? That, that's way worse than a slam. That's way, way more dangerous than a slam. Way more. Uh, and by the way, um, I'm not asking for that to be outlawed, please. I want to see as much of that on my Instagram reels as possible. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see four highlights like that every day. Yeah, I think the issue is is with the suplex. We have years and years and tons of footage of it uh, being done, and it's just part of the community, right? It's part of grappling, I should say. Is getting slammed in a suplex. It happens in gyms on the daily. You know, it happens in wrestling rooms all across the world. Like Buck said, seven year olds right now somewhere in Russia are dumping each other with suplexes. Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania, yeah. Pennsylvania Russia is not that far it's off. It's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about spiking. Spiking is is one of the or especially falling forward. It's one of those really weird things. Like it doesn't come up in any other grappling arts. We've never really seen that. Like that's just not really a thing. And it, this, it, it's difficult to compare the two. Is what I'll say. So, how do you feel about like a like a very aggressive head snap? No, I mean that's a totally. I mean, totally fine. So I can head snap. You can headbutt the mat. That's totally fine. Well, the difference with between a spike realistically or a belly to back suplex or whatever is like your chin can go pretty far forward like yeah that's as far back as it goes so there is a limited factor to that like that that is a thing but i think you should be able to do whatever the hell you want just go you know i do get the spiking like, like on the crown of the head that does make sense um because of compression uh, there's nowhere for that to go there's no movement forward or backwards there um and that's honestly the vast majority of the the shoulder and neck issues i had from being dropped on my head wrestling um, but yeah, I think, you know, forward and backwards, you know, head snap. I like this. I like the physical, the physicality of it realistically. Like just, I, I think it's, it's a nest. It's a, it's, I think jujitsu has gotten so far away from what it started out as a self-defense and protection and all that crap. They forgot about it. They're doing all these things that just aren't realistic, you know, in, in a no, no rule situation. Yeah. Let me be real clear. I am not looking to outlaw any kind of slamming necessarily. And I'm also not saying that that move that Anthony did where he dumped uh, Grippo for, I'm not saying that that's not super dangerous. It is super dangerous. And as somebody who's had a neck surgery, I could tell that's exactly the direction I don't want my neck bending, you know, with, with velocity on it. So I understand it's super dangerous. What I'm saying is there are other, if, it's inconsistent. That's what I'm saying. And that's the part that I don't like about it. Well, one achieves a grappling, like a, a purpose in grappling, right? Like a suplex achieves the purpose of, again, it, no matter how dangerous, right? Suplexing somebody on their head could be, it at least is achieving a purpose in grappling. Spiking, the only purpose is like, it's, it's there's no grappling movement in it at all other than hey, I'm in a really bad situation. The only thing I have left to do is to try and spike this guy on his head. And that's, I think that's the, the <laughs> issue is, is that there's just, there's not, that's not a technique, you know, like that's not a, gra- there's no grappling technique involved. It it's kind of like when it Marcelo. It didn't work out in this case. It well, didn't it's work like out when in this uh, case. Marcelo got slammed, you know, I think that's the thing is people are just like, look, if, if 
Rico Rodriguez would have suplexed Marcelo. People would have went crazy. But he just like a little big know, giant we, just uh, jump backwards. Like eh. we want to talk about the effectiveness and who's a pound for pound champion and grappling. But dude, I think what that and you know I love Marcelo. I love Marcelo. But I think what that match in particular with Marcelo and Rico Rodriguez showed is that man, maybe I don't want to jump on the back of this big guy while he's standing. Like maybe that's not the right move because that match only continued because that because the ref that wasn't um totally known to be illegal at the time. I was talking to on Instagram to Ricardo Amendolia, is that the way you say his name? Uh, I was talking to him about that the other day on that video, and he's like, "Yeah, that that actually wasn't even legal at the time. They had to make a uh, or illegal at the time. They had to make a ruling on it in the moment, <laughs> and they went in Marcelo's favor. Shockingly, <laughs> strange. Yeah. All right. Um, let's. We talked about the best submission, uh, the potential best match. I want to hear the most impressive person on the on the in the trials i don't want to hear it was either this guy or that guy i want to hear some hot takes one person mm-hmm. who was the most impressive um how about most surprisingly impressive i'll take it how about that um i think people still sleeping on keith krikorian i don't understand how people are still sleeping on him as much no gi success <laughs> as he's had but this dude has hit the tri- he's hit the silver medal in the trials three different times, three different times. He put away the number one man in the world in his division. It's, to me, his performance was phenomenal, and he was finishing people too. It's not like he was out there winning on points. He's out there closing the deal. So I'm going to go with Keith Krikorian. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um- I would definitely think so. Like, yeah, honestly. I want to know why he doesn't win it. It's my only question. He's a, he taught me K-Guard. Like, if he can do that, he can do anything. So, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You do what with your legs? And you, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you should win. You can win, uh, you can win from there? Uh, yeah, dude, he's he's unreal. I, I, you know, I, I've rolled with him. I watch him compete. I've been watching him. I watch him compete when he's a purple belt, which is really rare that I watch anything I like sports or whatnot that I do. But dude, he's a monster. I think he's. I don't know how people are sleeping on him. Honestly, realistically, that, that comes down to I really don't know. Um, and like he's always looking to finish, which I'm I'm a huge fan of. I hate points. I hate overtime. I hate all of that. I like I like sub only, you know, and dude, he's he's in that he, and he did well, so I think he's a he's a I think he'd be my most impressive, honestly. As far as also disappointing, I, I, I kind of expect him to win it too, you know. It's one of those. Scaff, um, I'm gonna go a different route. Somebody we haven't talked about, um, Giancarlo Bodani. Bodani, oh. man, going in that 88 kg and. He looks phenomenal. Beat Ryan Aiken. Then he goes, faces uh, Jacob Couch, who's just been on a tear, and he takes his back and chokes him, finishes Jacob Couch. In the final, Elder Cruz. I had um, Elder and Jacob in the final. I thought they were the two best guys, and they finished second and third. But, I mean, Bodani came out, and he's, he looked phenomenal. His Everything looked phenomenal. His top passing, I mean, he honestly looked like a Guard miniature Gordon Ryan. He looked like a miniature Gordon Ryan. It's crazy – 
how quickly they can take somebody and just give them success. I got I got to say that I was one of the people that was kind of like, man, new wave jujitsu without, they literally lost all their talent. They have Gordon Ryan, Gary Tonin and Donnie here. And they lost every other person from that team. And Bodani joins four months ago and he just won trials. Like it really shows you the power of the system and the thing that those guys are doing. I mean, you talk about, again, somebody going out there and making a statement. Bodani did for New Wave Jiu-Jitsu. And, hey, I get it. We lost all these guys, but we don't need them. We can take anybody and turn them into champions. Oh, anybody. Hold <laughs> <up>. <laughs> no, not you, bud. Oh, okay. See, lies. Constantly lying to these guys. <laughs> Michael, who do you got? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Brianna St. Marie. Oh, yeah. I thought, um, you know, speaking of someone who gets slept on, um, she's won everything. I mean, coming up, she's multiple rule sets. Um, she's made it look really easy the whole way through. You know, I mean, everybody. she finishes everybody. I mean, she just had a match with Brie Robertson, and they actually had Brie as the favorite. And, and I love Brie, but, like, that was crazy to me because uh, St. Marie is just – on a different level, I think. And I, and I see her going all the way to the top for the world championships too. Hmm. All right. Let's see. Do y'all have anything else y'all didn't talk about or want to talk about, about the ADCC trials? I want to talk about how big it was this year, dude. I still maintain that Guy is dying. It's going to go just like the old people. I'm excited to see how big, no, yeah, I just want to go ahead and put it out there um, in case you guys have any questions about how I feel. <laughs> uh, I want you to be able to slam, heel hook, and not wear pajamas. That's all I want to. In the I, kids' I, divisions. But, but, <laughs> we have class tonight? <laughs> all right. So we also had a pretty big UFC card happen this past week. A huge UFC card. Um, obviously, the main event was Kamara Usman and Colby Covington's rematch. Um, Usman gets the victory. There's lots of talk. Is Usman the GOAT? And I would like to hear y'all's thoughts. There's a, His weight class has had some really good GOATs come through it. Is he the GOAT? Let's hear it. Uh, no, not yet. I think he's arguably... Pound for pound, he may be the best guy in the UFC right now. But GOAT, there can only be one GOAT. This man's fighting at 170 pounds. We already got a GOAT at 170. It's George St. Pierre. You know what I mean? So, uh, and I feel like Covington makes Usman look mortal. Because when I think of Covington, I think, oh, man, he's phenomenal. But we all, I don't really think of him as a Superman. You know what I mean? And I feel like two times now he's made Usman look mortal. And I thought you could have potentially – I didn't score it this way, but I think you could potentially make a three rounds to two argument for Covington in that fight. Not that he won the fight, but that he might have won the game that they were playing. So I, I feel like he makes Usman look touchable. And I don't think when we're going to have the GOAT discussion, I don't think you can look touchable in that moment. Johnny Buck? Yeah, man. Uh, love Usman. I'm super excited to watch. I'm tired of all the goat analogies and, and <laughs> label being thrown out constantly. Like it's, it's apples and it's apples and onions. They're not even the same same thing right now. Like the 
where the UFC is now is completely different um, than it was five, ten years ago. Um, you know, but oh, Khabib's the greatest. Khabib's the greatest. He is because he wrestles. Um, but like realistically, like you know, people can show stats and stuff. The game has changed so much since 1990, what 91 or whatever. It's tough to put a goat on anybody. Is he super impressive? Yeah, but if you were to put a goat on anybody, it'd be it had to be John Jones, who's an idiot. You know, so like <laughs> the only person who beat him was himself repeatedly, but in the cage too. Like you know, he he got DQ'd for elbowing Matt Hamill. Like that's it. That's the only blemish on his record in the cage. Out of the cage, different story. Um, but couple yeah, blemishes. One or all of them. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think it's tough to throw. I, I I think they do it just for Instagram likes and clicks and shit. Honestly, Michael. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that like you're you're comparing two different eras. Um, I don't. If I had to say, is he the goat? I'd say no. Um, having said that, I'm just not a fan of the guy. I think he's given me uh, no reason to be a fan. I think his talents are incredible. Um, I think his competition is just not on the same level that that GSP went through to to get his wins. Um, yeah, uh, he's good, great, maybe, but uh, not not the goat for me. Oh, dude, when he drove his right hand completely through the other side of Masvidal's face, that's, <laughs> that's all I need to see. If he never did another thing ever, that was incredible. That's one of the best knockouts. That's one of the most violent knockouts of all time, dude. For sure. So, but I think that, know, but again, I think looking at level of talent, I think that, you know, I really think Masvidal is – you know, eight, nine, ten, yeah, as far as talent that. goes. I think he's just hype trained, and, and I like him. I like following the hype train, but I don't think he beats anybody of any significance, realistically. Well, I think Usman, in the beginning of his career, was not very exciting. Yeah. Off the mats, he doesn't – I hear what you're saying. Off the mats, off outside the cage, he doesn't do a lot to spark, like, fandom necessarily. So I hear what you're saying there. But, man, the last couple of – the both the Covington fights were great. Um, that win against Mazda. He's putting people away now, too. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I'm, definitely well, I think coming, that, I'm definitely coming around. I just don't, I'm not ready to give him that GSP status yet. For sure. Scaff, we. Um, yeah. Your thoughts on like a GSP versus Usman match. So, uh, you know, I, I personally, um, I do think Usman is right at the doorstep of passing GSP. He's two fights away, right? There's two challengers, right? We got Leon Edwards who is on a That's huge not a challenge. Huge win streak. Yeah. He's on a huge win streak on himself. You know, he's a, he is a challenger for the belt. Like he's a rightful challenge. It's not like Amanda Nunes or um, what we're seeing in the 115 pound uh, women's division where it's like, let's just keep seeing Rose versus uh, Wiley Zhang because there's just no other challengers. Like there are other challengers in 170 and Leon Edwards is, is the next guy. I mean, he's on a nine fight, eight, nine fight win streak. Um, I, he does not beat Usman, but Usman needs to beat him in convincing fashion. And yeah. then we got to see Chamaya, right? Chamaya looks like this oh, talent. Here we go. He beats Chamaya, then he's the goat of that division. Like if he beats and especially finishes both of those guys, he, he is. I mean, look, I love GSP. I thought he lost that Hendricks fight. Hendricks was on steroids though. No, he, he lost that Hendricks fight. He did. You know, <laughs> we talk, I mean, to me, I don't know how they scored that GSP. That was clearly Hendricks. That. that was uh, the worst fight judges I've ever seen. Yes. I, I mean, I think nobody, I mean, just looking at everything damage. I mean, the made no sense. 
Um, but GSB coming back, beating Michael Bisbing at 185 in dominant fashion. Beautiful. Why I don't think Bisbing is, um, you know, anywhere near like the best fighter conversation in any way, shape, or form is still is very impressive. But uh, yeah, Usman's got a couple of fights. He wins three or four, especially beating those two guys, um, especially Chemayev. If Chemayev keeps up that height train and Usman's the guy that finishes him, then he's the GOAT. Yeah, Chemayev's going to have to carry that hype train a couple of more stations, though, before we really can see him in there with Usman. He needs a so, he needs a couple of high-profile kills like that. With that being said, um, he is replacing Masvidal, right, in the Leon Edwards fight. Masvidal oh, has an, he oh, I hadn't heard that. Masvidal has no. an undisclosed injury. Nobody knows what it is yet, but Masvidal is out, and Chemayev called Dana and was like, hey. When is that? Uh, that was like one of the most recent posts on. I'm here. saying, when is that fight? It's the next pay per view card. Shut up! Oh my sure. god, I can't wait for that. Listen, he's must see TV, dude. Yeah. Shemayev is. I, I mean, Shemayev is must see TV. You have to see his fights. Shemayev smashes Leon. Yeah, well, yeah, I see it. it. It's not even close. He's gonna grab him and just crank him off the water bottle. Like, yep, not good. If yeah. he does that, it's an immediate title shot. Bro, when he picked that boy up and kicked him, <laughs> and, and he just he was he, he was gonna slam him. He was like, you know what? Actually, I got a couple of things I was, need to get off my chest. I'll just hold him here for a second. This was this guy was like number 14, right? Yeah. Was he number 14? Yeah. Like, yeah. Supposed to be the 14th best fighter in the world, and I'm carrying him over my shoulder like a sack of taters. Let's he can't go. do anything about it. He's stuck. Man. Yeah. So he where I Talk about ghost status. Where was like the goat era of MMA? Like now, like, the the fighters are better now than ever before. It's not even close. But is, is like, it overall? Too, do you think it's too spread too thin though? Like there's a really good fighter in this division, a really good fighter in this division. No, I don't think so because I don't. I think ha, I think we need more weight classes. Actually, I think it's not thin enough. I think we need to no weight classes. And no drug or no weight classes and no drug. That was the answer, by the way. Pride was the answer, in case you're wondering. All right, I want to hear some thoughts about the Michael Chandler Justin Gaethje match. That was an insane fight. Um, <laughs> what, what are some thoughts? Okay, we'll start with uh, one of the best fights I've seen in a long time. Uh, the problem, the problem with the, the Chandler versus Gaethje fight. It opened the pay-per-view, and it was so good that every fight after that was boring. Even even though they were good fights, I was like, "Man, how do you? Where do you go from there?" The, the crowd was jumping. They tried to kill each other. I thought I thought each had killed the other for just a split second a few times. I really thought I really thought Gagey had put Chandler away. Was that the second round? Yeah, that into the second mm -hmm. round. Oh man! And then uh, I saw Gagey get rocked a couple of times too, but he he never hit his knee. You know. So, obvious win, I felt like, for Gagey. But, man, Chandler, I thought, I'm a bigger fan of Chandler than ever after the loss, you know. Um, let's see. I want to talk to Scaff. Let me hear your thoughts on uh, Cheeto Vera. Like, oh, man. I, I do. Cheeto's the man. Cheeto is the man. And uh, Frankie Edgar, everybody loves him, right? You have to love Frankie Edgar. What he's done for the nope. sport being especially the only guy to ever like, I mean, he won the title at his weight class, 155, just insane. But 
Cheeto Vera, man, coming in, he was a huge favorite in my my mind. And I was shocked it actually took three rounds. I thought he was going to finish him in the second. But that front kick was Anderson Silva-esque. I mean, I was looking in his corner, was like, dude, is old boy in the corner? Is he teaching the secret moves again? Is 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 he there? Is the ponytail? Is Seagal there? Is the ponytail? Like, his secret moves are getting out because that was that was exactly Anderson Silva versus Vitor Belfort. So Steven Seagal's the one that showed Burchek how to do that slam. That's true. Only killing moves. Any <laughs> other move? Well, wait. Is that the picture of his foot connecting with Frank Yeager's face? That's real. That is the craziest picture I've ever seen from a fight. Maybe that or um, old boy's lip, um, you know, uh, what's Overeem. Overeem getting uppercut from uh, Ngannou. One. Those are the two craziest fi- like, pictures of all time in sporting history. Man, he put his foot on his face and turned Frankie Edgar into a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> he looks Who like a Simpsons character. Who had that giant just uh, that was Vitor Belfort versus no, you're, you're, you're talking, Marvin Eastman. He's she's talking he's talking about yeah. Joanna Young Jacek. Oh, no, God. you're talking about Mark Hominick versus Joe. Yeah, that was the grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, that was pretty gnarly, but there's been some gnarly. I, I hate so, what's up. I'm what do you is Frankie Edgar done? I mean, should he hang it up? I didn't know he was still around. <laughs> uh dude, I'm a huge Frankie Edgar fan. But yeah, man, there's there's a couple guys out there who like like uh, they're gatekeepers kind of level, like that's gonna have long term uh, effects. Like you're worried about being spiked on your head in ADCC trials. Wait till you see what happens to your brain a few few months and a few years from now. Um, I, I think they I think he's a big name. I still think he still draws the uh, middle aged crowd of guys who have a few tap out shirts and affliction <laughs> jeans he still draws those guys in but I, man he's you know i i don't think he should be in ufc i think we'll see him in bellator next the ufc retirement home hmm. all right um let's see we'll give michael a second looks like he's getting his camera situated um so we didn't have a podcast last week, and we kind of missed the card right before that. We touched on it with Chamayev's uh, rear naked choke finish and dragging that dude and talking to Dana White mid-match. What about the other guy that's a heavy grappler and wrestler, um, trains with Islam Khabib? Ma- Ma- yeah, Ma- Islam Machayev. Islam Ma- finished. Ma- he finished Dan Hooker with a Kimura. Uh, yeah. can't remember if it was first round or yeah, what, but it, it was, was first round. Dominant performance. Uh, let's hear some thoughts. Is he the next Khabib? Is he as good as Khabib? Is he? Well, let's hear some thoughts. I mean, I think people, we, especially myself, I'll speak for myself, but I think this is true with a lot of people too. It took me a while to get on the Khabib train, you know? Like, for me. I, almost, I almost wasn't on the Khabib train until it was too late, you know? I knew okay, he's good, he's undefeated, but look at this, man. He just went the distance. Ally Aquinta came in last minute and took him the distance. And I was kind of giving him the he's good, but come on, man. Some there's better guys kind of treatment. But I think, you know, ultimately I was proven to be wrong in that regard. And it turned out Khabib was the man and he was untouchable. And I think we're seeing some of that same stuff from Islam. So what I'm trying not to do is make the same error that I made with Khabib and not jump on the hype train too late. But I also don't want to jump on too early 
Same thing as with uh, Chemaev. I'd like to see Islam get a couple of extra notable wins under his belt. And how does he get those wins is important, I think, and how how we perceive him moving forward. Islam's yeah. the champion. Islam is the best fighter at 155. Islam takes all these dudes, puts them on their back, and he he just dominates. He's going to dominate every single one of these dudes. I, I'm I knew he was going to do that. We're going to run through Dan. Yeah, we called that one. He's going to run through all these guys. Um, yeah, he he's going to be the champion. There, there's these guys coming up. Like grappling is making a resurgence. Um, and I, I really want to talk about one thing real quick though. Yeah. Wrestling with jujitsu, you need both because we saw these guys go into ADCC trials that were. I mean, I thought Pat Downey was for sure going to win the heavyweight. I'm not gonna lie, I was buying the hype of like, well, if you're a high, high, high level wrestler, especially in these upper weight classes, you are going to win. And that is not what we saw. You need to be proficient in both the art of submissions as well as the art of taking your opponent down. And that's what these Russian guys are doing. It is the next wave of jujitsu champions are going to be Chemaev. Um, I mean, Usman's already there, but like you're going to have to know um, you're going to have to do both. I think that's one of the most underrated like assessments there is because like, you know, and, Shameless plug on a website that does these things, uh, catchwrestling.ninja. But th- what you see a lot of the times is you, you, and across the board, and, and this is why I love and hate ADCC trials, is you'll see jujitsu guys go to the finals, like, like pure jujitsu guys, and they go to the points part, and all of a sudden they just are just spinning around going crazy. Uh, the Meow Brothers, their finals were disgusting. I'm like, it's been a few years now. I'm like, you guys couldn't get to the ground. Like, what were you doing? So there has to be a blend. Like you said, there has to be a blend between both wrestling and understanding jujitsu. You can't just hit a double leg and leave your head out there. You're going to get choked unconscious. Like there's no question about that. So having a really specific understanding of both how a high level wrestling works and B how high level jujitsu and submission grappling works is going to be paramount moving to the UFC. I was stupid. I got so convinced that I could just take everybody down and beat them up, which it did me well for a while. But I didn't add the striking side. So I think it's really – you're going to really start seeing more of this, uh, you know, this style of this Khabib-style wrestling and controlling, and they understand the striking. I, I think Islam's got better um, striking defense and offense than, than Khabib did. So he's going to be a terror. Like, I think he's going to be an absolute mess to deal with. I don't know who's going to beat him. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, um, did ahead. you guys see the uh, how Pat Downey lost? Yeah, it was a straight ankle lock, wasn't it? Yeah, but the guy off came a in with leg. a single leg. Yeah, off a single leg, dude. Jiu-jitsu guy goes for a single, gets a single. Obviously, he's not going to take down Pat. Pulls into Ashi, straight ankle locks him. That's what I'm talking about. That is incredible. And all Pat did was wrestling defense. Like he didn't even yep. try and consider the fact that his leg may get broken off. So he just tried to run. I watched him try and limp leg out, and that bite was on. It was his ass. It was too late then. So I think that's where it's super important that you have to understand both at the high level. Hmm. All right. Um, before we wrap things up, uh, Brandon asked when that fight card was the yeah. next fight card. It is December 11th, but I just want to, uh-huh. I want to call out a couple of fights that are on it and see if y'all want to chat about any of them in particular. The main event is Charles Oliveira versus Ooh, Dustin Poirier. Boy. So we're talking about Islam at the 155. That one, that fight is going to determine who the champion is. And um, 
yeah. The next fight on that is Amanda Nunez and Julia Pena. Then we got Leon Edwards, and it was supposed to be Jorge Masvidal. Word on the street supposed to be Chimaev now. I, I can't wait for that. Then we got Cody Garbrandt fighting Kai Kara Fronts. We got Sean O'Malley back again. We have... Who's Sean O'Malley fighting? Mm. He's fighting Trent. Yeah. That's the kind of opponent they give. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, the, Sean O'Malley. This will get you on the main card. You're going to be fighting a blue belt that <laughs> has literally never taken a striking class. He's fighting Raulin Pava. He's number 15 in the weight class. Okay. So at least he's moving 15. Up. That's good. Jeff Neal versus Santiago Pontemidio. That's a great fight. Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. That's a good one, too. Dude, what? Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige. Dominic Cruz versus uh, Pedro Munoz? Yeah. Man, that's a barn that's burner right there, dude. Yes. I can't wait for that one. We got Macy Barber back in it. Yeah. Um, Ryan Hall is coming back against Derek Minner. Oh, man. That makes me nervous. I, I was, I'm so on the Ryan Hall train. Oh, uh, man. I <laughs> jumped off that day. That last off that day. The last jumped, Ryan Hall loss cut me to my soul, dog. I jumped off that thing and jumped onto the Russian Express, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the dog, the Dagestani yeah. Express. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna have kids and just send my kids to Dagestan until they're eight or nine years old. Right. And if you have, if you have kids, they are gonna go, have to be raised somewhere else for sure. I can coach my kids' class. <laughs> so what's that main event look like Charles Oliveira versus Justin Poirier who do y'all got in that one I think on the feet I give a slight edge or maybe even a, a, a little more than slight to Dustin but I think on the ground I give a heavy advantage to Oliveira I think his grappling is is just and I don't think Dustin's a bad grappler but we saw Man, he's just too quick to jump on the head. We saw him do it against Khabib. If he tries to jump on the head too early and get into a grappling exchange with Oliveira, I think he's going to get out finessed. I think he's going to get taken advantage. We just see Oliveira do that over and over and over. Dustin Poirier is the favorite right now, minus 145. I mean, I get that. I, I, I love Dustin. I'm a, I'm a big Dustin Poirier fan. So I don't think that's a, a total wrap, you know, but – He's gonna. That's a tough fight. That's a tough fight for Dustin. Well, Oliveira is the most slept-on dude in the UFC. I mean, he, yeah. he's Dustin's only a favorite because he beat Connor twice, and because he's dust. Yeah, he's got a yeah. name. He's, yeah, he's, he's yeah. But I, I, I like Oliveira in that fight. I think Oliveira is all around. Like what we need to see is we need to see Tony Ferguson versus Khabib, and we're gonna get that with Oliveira versus Islam. Is all because. Very okay. similar skill sets, right? Like, yeah, Oliveira, grappling and striking, very Tony for a lot of elbows, good on the feet, right? But he's the submission artist. And then Islam is going to be Khabib. And that's the fight I'm hoping is made after Oliveira takes out Dustin Poirier the 11th. Hmm. Yeah, I think Oliveira, I think you're right, dude. I was going through his stats. You know, I keep an eye on him every once in a while because he's old. And I like watching old people fight. Um, but like three, three times he's mentioned that today. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta boost up this old people thing. Uh, we're people too. We need rights. No, but like if you, I was going through his record, man, like he's sleeping people, whether he's knocking them out, TKO, or submitting them. I'm like, dude, he's gonna be an absolute handful for Poirier. Uh, I may move some of my Bitcoin money from 
my online betting account to to don't get crazy. Oh, listen, let me get your uh, let me get your wallet. Don't, get, don't sell that Bitcoin. You better hang on to it for a while. Alan Belcher made me that money when he beat up that dude. At, uh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that was free money. To, so I've gotten to be there, uh, literally cage side for Alan's bare knuckle fight and for his boxing debut. He finished both. Finished both guys. Alan looks good. I know. He looks good. He looks crisp. He was a huge, like the other guy was a huge underdog. I mean, I'm still going to bet my money on Alan because the return is terrible, but it's guaranteed. So I'm going to go ahead and do that and just keep biting on other fights. But yeah, I do. I'm, I, I would honestly, I'd probably put my money on Oliveira just because I think he is going to give Poirier enough problem on his feet with his range. And if it does go to the ground, it's a wrap. You know, so if he if, if Oliver lands a few punches and Dustin feels the need to take him down, that's not going to be good. Michael, you think this is going to be uh, Cody Garbrandt's big comeback fight? I mean, I know he's I'm not comeback. I know he's kind of been on the comeback trail already, but you think this is where we start to see? Okay, Cody's Cody's looking for the title again. I think so. I mean, this is at, at flyweight, right? He's at one twenty five. Uh, I like him down there. I think that uh, I think the matchup lends itself to uh, to Cody's strengths. And so uh, I, I think it's a good fight for him. Hmm. Uh, is Amanda Nunez beatable? Yeah, I mean, she, only by Shevchenko. Well, listen, check the record, son. Split decision with Shevchenko. She's fought her twice. Shevchenko, she's getting, I mean, she's getting better all the time. I know Nunez is getting better. I know she's a lot bigger, but. If Nunez is the goat, then Shevchenko's even more so the pound for pound goat because she looks untouchable and she can take Nunez into a split decision. Agreed. So here's you what, agreed. Well, then take the poop back, boy. Here's let's go, son. Here's my <laughs> question to you guys. Hear that? No, no respect. No point. I didn't put the minus one. I, 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 I gave it the equalizer there. Um, is what's the chick? That fought for PFL that's been dominating over there. Is it Kayla. Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison. Yeah. What does that matchup look like with the band? How big is Kayla though? Her waking, up, her waking up after getting hit by that right hand. Yeah. Waking up. I think Nunez starches her. Starches her. Yeah. Starches. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, Michael. Michael, he said no. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of riding the Kayla hype train, but I think she is fighting cans, so she looks great. He wasn't. So. Anytime somebody goes from one of these smaller shows to the UFC, like, oh, they're the greatest. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nope. Like I thought Ben Askren was going to do good. I wanted. <laughs> hey, Ben Askren did all right, dude. He did okay. He killed Robbie yeah. He made a lot of money. He made a lot of money. He genius. came over. He brought a lot of eyeballs. So. Was he going to be the champion? I don't think any of us thought he was going to be the champion, but he'd come over and have a flash, a hot flash of a successful career in the UFC. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, when he beat Robbie Lawler, and you just know that <laughs> Dana White, you just know Dana White somewhere was having a complete meltdown <laughs> mentally. Hit, dog. Yeah, he's like, oh my God, this. There fuck. are I so got- many dead hookers outside that venue right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Hot take right there. It's just dead hookers mixed with Ben uh, Dana White's tears for Ben Askren's victory. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think we talked about it because we skipped the podcast last week. Glover Tashira 
got his belt. He's the now UFC champion. He's been fighting forever. He's had a couple, I know at least one title shot against John Jones. He might have had a couple, but it's his belt now. And he did it by finishing John with a rear naked choke. What are some thoughts? Yo, not only do I think that Glover's the coolest old champion that we've ever had, Randy Couture, Randy Couture used to be the coolest old champion. But now, now it's Glover Teixeira. But I think out of that 205-pound weight class, I think he's got the best chance of any of those guys style because of his style of also being somebody that you can talk about in the heavyweight division. Just he's so durable. His skull is I know I know we've seen him get I know we've seen him get put down a couple of times. But he's super durable. His grappling is exactly what it needs to be. And it's, I mean, it's light years ahead of almost everybody in the heavyweight division once it gets to the ground. So, you know, we might, who knows, dude, as he ages out even more, even, and that's hard. After you're 42, it's hard to be older than that. But, man, he might get out there and make something happen in the heavyweight division too. I don't know if he's interested in that, but. I think he's not only is he a, a, a champion of the people, but I think he's going to be a, a great 205-pound champion. Let's Dude, go old people. No, this guy, he is not. <laughs> he won. I get it, right? Like, he's the champion. First, what this does is it really just cements John Jones' legacy. Like, okay, John Jones, if Glover at 42 can come back and win this division – it just shows how far ahead John was from all these guys. Now, I know towards the end he was winning decisions that, you know, arguments to be made for some of these guys winning. But at the same time, I mean, Glover Teixeira just starched Jan. Rear naked choke. I mean, Jan gave up. Jan was like, man, I left my power wherever it was, the hotel room or Paul, wherever he left it, it was gone. He hit him a couple times. He got to the ground and he just gave up. He gave his neck. And he was gave like, it get up. me out, give me. Yeah, he gave up. He gave it, he gave his neck. I I can't see Glover being champion more than one. I mean a week. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I just don't see it. I the yeah. So I, I'm not buying the Glover to I picked him to uh, win that fight. Champion. I picked him to win that fight. Nobody I couldn't I didn't couldn't find another person picking him to win. I was like, I think he beats Blahovich, man. Hmm. Michael. Yeah, I hate it. I hate to I hate to say it's the it's the John Jones show, but um yeah, I think that makes a case just for how good John is. You know, I think I think John beats the top five light heavyweights in the same night. You know. Dang, um I just I just crazy. don't think I, I think it just I think it's good for the division to have him gone. It just really opens things up and lets other guys kind of shine. But I mean, it's kinda like that that guy that was a year ahead of you in high school and was always in your wrestling bracket and then he graduates and now you're the state champ, you know? Yeah, you're the state champ, but the better guy just happened to age out, you know? Here's something I want to talk about that I totally forgot about. Um, we had a guy make his UFC debut in this past card and he had a, a vicious knockout. CM Punk. Not CM Punk. <laughs> it's the one guy that has ever knocked out Israel Adesanya. I want to say his name is Alex, Alex Pereira. Pereira. That yeah. yeah, he's finally in the UFC. He had his debut and slept the guy, put the division on notice. Is he the guy to beat Israel Adesanya? No. Wasn't he beat him like when they were 12? <laughs> I think it was in K1. 
kickboxing. Yeah, yeah knocked him so, out, right? Here's my thing with that. Like, like I have to go back in time because last night I used to watch UFC repeatedly. Like, you have, like, Pat Barry, who was absolute trash in K1. Mirko Krokop, who got trashed in K1. Anybody who comes out of a K1 with a losing record and looks like, you know, God's gift to – to striking in the UFC is because they're not competing with other strikers. Like you've got really good strikers in K1 and you take an average striker from K1 and move in the UFC. They look really good. I think with Adesanya, he's going to grab him and put him on his back and then beat him to death. So if, yeah, he's not. I think Adesanya is going to grab him and put him on the ground and beat him to death. Well, no, I'm saying if that becomes a threat. drinking? I, I, <laughs> no. If, you know what I'm saying, but if, if it comes down to pure striking, why would you not? disengage that or take that risk risk away like at least mitigate his striking with takedowns now, as, as Dude, get him off this show put him again <laughs> no, i'm saying i don't think he's gonna knock him out give him that little give him that little hot poop give him that big give him yeah. that big old i ate a lot of bread yesterday poop i don't do that you you got eddie bravo in the corner calling for an imanari i'm just saying kickboxing is not the ufc Man, come on, dude. Adesanya, that, the last thing, I'll be honest with you, Adesanya just found out you could do grappling two weeks ago. He, <laughs> he, just figured, he, he is a purple. That's what I'm saying. How long does it take to get a blue belt? Two weeks? I mean, come on, man. Shit, like, 13 years. There's no way. Even no, I, if Adesanya felt like he could win the fight that way. There is no way. I love how Michael's face is paused on that laugh right there. Yeah. Put that up on the big screen. Put that up on the big screen. screen. Uh, <laughs> Even if Adesanya thought like how he was going to win the fight, there's no way that he's going to go in there because he knows that's not what the fans want to see. Adesanya exactly. is the kind of dude who's coming in to deliver to the fans. And I'm not even a giant Adesanya fan. I'm a giant fan of his skill set. I don't care that he didn't he didn't uh, move the needle for me so to speak, uh, you know no pun intended. Anyway, Adesanya, <laughs> Adesanya, there's no way that he even considers engaging in a grappling. I think Alex Pereira is more likely to take down Adesanya <laughs> than the other way around. I just you don't see stop doing hard funny. drugs before you come on people's podcast. I don't do hard drugs. I do regular drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just what I'm saying. I don't. No, I'm not gonna take him down. You're right, but my thing. I don't see him beat him in the UFC. We'll say but without okay, that. Yeah. is gonna win. Yeah, but just maybe you no make more, him out. No no this is the same abuse. thing as the guy that made Daniel Cormier cry in the train. Yeah, like, dude. oh, like, one of my favorite the guy that, yeah, Pat Cummins. Yeah, back up exactly. Yep. Just like, oh man, he made uh, he made him Daniel Cormier cry in the training room. Like this guy, Daniel always cries. Yes, well, yeah, uh, that's a good point too. But <laughs> uh, yeah, but this guy, he's not gonna make it to a title shot. I mean, yes, he he had a nice little knockout, but I didn't see anything like it wasn't like we saw um, Chamayev. It wasn't like a Chamayev no, yeah. type performance. I mean. He looked like he's got a couple of years from being even a top five fighter in that middleweight division. And you know what? Maybe he maybe he does learn how to grapple and stuff. Maybe you know, maybe he's committed to that path. But you know, slow down. I, I feel like we saw the same thing with Izzy, right? 
Yeah, he's he's slow. I mean, it, it, I mean, is he ground game? Dang, Michael's point was was so much better than Bucks that Bucks censored him. He said, yeah. <laughs> "Watch this unplug." I called my I called my homies in Dagestan. They know Russian. They unplug. <laughs> Uh, Dude, I'm yes. honest with you, I actually confused Adesanya MVP just now. See what I'm uh, saying, dude. Listen, I've been punched in the head. You know why? Because I don't ban slams. I want to be slammed in my head and forget things. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's get this fool out of here, dude. So we talked about You're Adesanya's dancing. purple belt. Uh, di- didn't he get it from Galvao? He did. Yes. And I uh, could be wrong here, but did Galvao's I Galvao's making a return to MMA. That's what I was about to say. I saw that he was trying to make a run into MMA again. What are y'all's thoughts there? Well, uh, it didn't work out the first time. It didn't work out the first time. He did pretty good. He was a good MMA fighter, but he, he wasn't hacking it. You know, uh, he got he ran into a really hard Tyron Woodley right hand that slept him, and that made him go, oh, I'm going to stay away. He fights that a guy like that again. The goat, the, uh, you know, we, we had Tyron in the GOAT discussion at one point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was before Tyron was the GOAT. So I hear you, Scaff. He, he ran into a, an actual world champion MMA fighter. But go a ahead. Very bad matchup. I think yeah. I think uh I think one will take really good care of Andre, is what I'll say. Yeah, hey, and listen, man, if I was on if I'm Andre Galval and I'm talking about coming back into MMA now. I would be signing with one because they because they'll take that'd be in the contract. Hey, y'all gonna take care of me, right? Like y'all gonna give me a couple of chances to get out there, good matchups to win. I'm not trying to be the greatest of all time or nothing like that. I'm just looking to get out here and do some MMA for some money. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that, by the way. I don't feel like everybody needs to have their sights set on world champions. Some of these dudes just making a living, you're a prize fighter. You're not a champion, you're a prize fighter. Go out there and make your money and put on a show for the fans. I'm I'm into that. So, yeah, I think it's a great move for Galval. I I, I wish him success. I hope he does well. Hope he, hope he handles MMA better than he handles them slaps from Gordon. Though. Gordon Ryan versus Galval, <laughs> one championships. That's what I want to say. I, in bro, MMA, let's go. I am. I would Dude. pay a hundred dollars for that pay per view for no other card, no other fight on the card. Just that one. I would love to see it. I'd watch that. It'd be amazing. Do you know how awesome the Instagram feed would be for like months going up to that and then afterwards? Oh, God. Please oh, give dude. us what we want. I'll pay 200 Screw it. All right. You can buy it for me. Last question. I'll let y'all talk about this while I tally up the points. Did anybody see the youngster make his debut that was Irish and from Dublin? Patty Pimblett. No, Irish. not that guy. He's from London. No. I think that's disrespectful. I'm not that's, sure. Is that not the same thing? It is the same. They're all they all are owned by the Queen. <laughs> Man, I, I would have to look Whoa. up his name. But did anybody? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He knocked out. Uh, yeah, he he took some hard shots, but he ended up getting a knockout. Um, he he did the Connor line of "We're not, you know, I'm not here to be a part of it. I'm here to take over." <sighs> Patty Pimblet. Let's be honest. Way cooler. Way more. <laughs> it, like Patty. 10x that guy that guy's not yeah. even memorable Pat, patty's got the name the haircut and the finish like this guy's a, no he patty look like patty look like somebody's time. gonna knock him out in the next two or three fights though 100 <laughs> he's crazy yes but patty. Right, what you got keelan you got him you got the tally over there 
Yes, I do. So right. we have a clear cut winner. Oh, I'm here for I want my three points that Brandon's had old three times. Those are my points. <laughs> and we also have two losers, two yeah. two people tied for the Dude, I've been finishing last a bunch of times in a row, so I got one coming to me here. All right. You didn't lose this time, Brandon. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so Johnny Buck. Is tied for last. Yes, with Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Scav held the fort down against the newcomers. And now, get out of my there, face. There is a clear victor between Brandon and Scav. Oh yeah. The it's decided by one point is the difference, and the winner is. Drum roll, please. Brandon. Oh Catherine. my God! Wow. I am the greatest. This is the work. I am the champion once again. Ah. Uh. God. The king has returned. The king has returned to his rightful place on the throne. Uh, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you to everybody who made this possible. Uh, I want to thank Michael Johnny wasn't Buck. on there. Hey, mute him. Mute him. <laughs> I want to thank Johnny Buck for coming on. And, uh, you know, it's important to fight cans early in your career, you know. But, you know, <laughs> this one didn't work out for you, but... You know, you're going to grow from this. You're going to grow from this. You're going to get better. And one day you're going to come back and you're going to make a, a more respectable challenge to the king. Well, That's you need to ask about things I understand, like not jujitsu. Ask I me thought about he was still muted. How's he still got a microphone? Russian collusion. <laughs> All right, and that's another episode of Around the Mat. 